Hello, this is Justin Coleman, Senior Pastor at University UMC, and this is our podcast. I hope these messages engage your mind, touch your heart, and inspire you to serve God and your neighbor. Check us out online at universityumc.church. Thanks for tuning in. Now, I'm a big fan of decorating this time of year, and the first thing that brings in the Advent season for my household is to set up the nativity scenes. I love the act of putting each one out and thinking about where they came from or who might have given them to us. Now, I don't just have one. I have wooden ones and clay ones, ones that are colorful and ones that are dark. Some that resemble Charlie Brown cartoons and some that have come from cultures around the world. My mother and I began collecting them when I was a kid, and in her memory, I've continued this collection. Now, as we travel the world, my fiance and I try to pick up nativity sets as we travel to remind us of the places that we have been. This is an act of Advent that balances grief and joy in this time of year. I bet we all have traditions that we do each and every year that may feel complicated, ones that remind us of what is and what has been, and maybe even help us to prepare for what is to come. I feel grief in my nativity scenes each year that my mother isn't around to set them up herself, but also joy in the sweet memories of the times that we have celebrated the nativity together. This rhythm of grief and joy is much like what the psalmist is describing to us about a relationship with God in our scripture lesson for today. Psalm 30 comes from the book of Psalms, a collection of prayers and songs composed throughout Israel's history. It is one of the few places in the Bible where you can read about human peoples who are speaking directly to God rather than vice versa. This particular psalm is one of the many psalms that is categorized as a song of thanksgiving or gratitude to God. The psalmist is showing gratitude for God's help that was given, while also giving account to the distress that was endured. It praises God for being drawn up and out of distress and into deliverance. I bet each of us can feel like we have a need to be drawn up and out of bad situations right now. What we read today is showing us, the reader, a model of life, one that leans into thankfulness, but not without acknowledging from whence we came. If we are to look around the world at the tragedy and suffering that is so widespread and at the injustices that are so prevalent, it may feel that it is obscene to even talk about dancing with joy as the psalmist does in our lesson today. How can anyone in good conscience feel joy while so many are suffering so desperately? I can understand how one might get that feeling from the psalm like the one we read today. When you look at the tragedy around you, and I bet you don't have to look very far, it seems almost delusional to say something like, sing praises to the Lord. But the praises of this psalm don't stem from naive delusions about life. They come right out of the depths of pain and suffering. There's an intentional word crafting in Psalm 30. We read about deep joy yearning from deep need. The psalmist was pulled from death to the land of the living. They were even removed from Sheol, but not with their own doing, but rather the heavy lifting happens to be from God. 
Again and again, the writer of the psalm feels the gift of deliverance and shows thanksgiving to God because they know what could have been. Thanksgiving is not a momentary response to one act of deliverance for the psalmist, but the experience of being drawn up and out of the pit and restored to life over and over are an affirmation that faith matters and that God cares, and that those two factors together can lead to a new joy. This psalm proclaims that endings are not as final as sometimes we think they are. It does not deny the reality of darkness. It does not deny the shock of finding that our beliefs do not always stand up to the realities of life. But Psalm 30 affirms that out of the experience of pain can emerge a new joy, a new hope, a new future, and a new confirmation that God is with us. It is my experience that those who have felt the deepest of grief are also the ones that are most ready to feel the depths of joy. The silver linings of the world seem even more brighter when you know what the opposite feels like. This time of year often sucks for me since I've lost both of my parents, but I am grateful to also know joy. A kind of joy that is big enough not to negate my pain or to, or to dismiss it as meaningless, but dares to show all of us a glimpse of eternity, a glimpse that reminds us of the not yet goodness to come. When you read Psalm 30, you can feel the up and down nature of the life of faith, even for the most experienced Christ follower. Psalm 30 is a psalm of accompaniment to show us how God journeys with us. When the psalmist was down and out, God doesn't say, see you later, and then leave them to their choices, but rather shows up in the midst of pain and walks too. The journey or accompaniment that God makes with us is a part of what makes joy so much stronger than just happiness. This week in our All Together Christmas series, we learn about joy. Joy is not achieved just as God's love is not achieved. It is a gift free to all of us. Joy differs from happiness because it lasts. It stems from the love of God, which also doesn't leave us when times get tough. When we feel happiness, it's often a blip, something that is short-lived on the timeline of our life. Now, the joy that we speak of is so much more complex and fulfilling than the joy that we might see depicted in the Christmas magic of Hallmark movies. You will know joy because it lingers, far beyond when the presents are opened or when the Christmas cookies are eaten. One of the authors of our series, All Together Christmas, notes that joy, the God kind of joy, is, a, is an assurance that God is with us, even if our pain is with us too. God's joy has room for our pain and misfortunes in the same way that our God has room for both our praises and our anger. Joy simultaneously holds the good and the bad and maybe even the ugly, but digs a little deeper than happiness might and says, all of these things make you human and I will be with you through them all. Now I'm not trying to reason our pain or grief to make it something that it's not. I am a proponent of sitting in our schmuck and moving through it, not over it. But what I'm proposing is that in our schmuck and in the world's schmuck, we know that it is not the end of the story. 
As people who aim to follow Christ, we know the end of this story, and that end is renewal and resurrection. Joy is not a question, but a declaration. To know joy is to declare that we live a life knowing that our worst days do not define us, especially in Advent, the season of the now and the not yet. But let's be real. Some of us, maybe all of us, are feeling right now that joy is definitely not now. But hear me say this, that we all still have the not yet left. Psalm 30 reminds us that joy comes in the morning, even if our morning may be a bit farther away than we want. If you know me, you know that I have a deep love of the Disney movie Moana. If you haven't seen it, I highly suggest it. I may or may not have convinced my office to buy a life-size Moana that now sits in my office. But anyways, one of the ending scenes of the movie Moana, the main hero, confronts the what she thinks to be an evil force that is destroying her village. But as she moves forward towards what has caused her so much pain, the overlaying song that the audience hears says this, this does not define you. This is not who you are. You know who you are. Then spoiler, the thing that she sees as destructive becomes what she's actually looking for. It was just covered in years of pain and grief. I believe that Moana is a metaphor for joy. By the power of Moana's movement towards her fear and her courage to believe that there is far more than what her eyes show, show her, she reminds her audience that joy comes when all else fails when all that is left is to lean into life just a little bit more, when all that is left is to move towards the baby in the manger. The joy that Jesus gives us is courageous. It looks at our anxieties, fears, and pain and says to each of our lives, this is not something that will define you. I know you are more than what you feel right now. The transforming power of joy is not what we do, but rather when we leave space for the Holy Spirit to be present. Y'all, we worship a transforming God who inspires a transforming joy, even in waiting, even in waiting filled with weeping, we remember that it is not the end of a story, nor an indicator of God's abandonment. Joy is the steadfast assurance that God is with us transforming our hearts and minds to be more like God and accompanying us when life feels sucky. Joy is not a tomb, but a door because joy is movement. It opens us to the presence of God that is always with us. Joy is a culmination of our Advent celebration in the church because joy is less about achievement and more about moving out of ourselves so that the Holy Spirit has space to move in. As one of the authors of our series tells us, joy is a steadfast assurance that God is with us. There's, much, there's not much else that we need to know. Paul tells us in the book of Philippians that joy is a peace that passes all understanding. Maybe this is what Jesus is asking of us to do this Advent. In the midst of a political turmoil and a pandemic, not to mention the many ups and downs of daily life. Let us stop trying to understand joy with our brains or even find it in our phones, but to be open to feel it in our bones, 
As a church family, we are about to witness joy coming in the form of a baby in a manger, God made flesh. Joy is no longer a theory, but a real life example of a gift from God to bless this world. Let's not miss this, folks. We can plan and prepare for joy just as we do Christmas. But the funny thing about joy is that it will show up when we are least trying to make it appear. Just as we see in Psalm 30, joy is most likely to show up in our sheols and our sackcloths than in our perfectly posed holiday cards or trimmed homes. In light of suffering and tragedy in our world, I ask the question, how do we find joy? Joy that celebrates the good news of Christ's birth, that God has not left us to our own devices, but has entered the world so that wherever we are, Whatever our circumstances, the all-powerful and all-loving God is there. I think it's less about finding and more about being alert to feel it. So I think that maybe this year we stop. We stop so that joy that Jesus ushers into the world can be let in. And maybe joy will remind each of us that God is with us, even on our worst days. In my short life thus far, I have come to conclude that our God is a God who does not abandon us in in joy or in sorrow. And I pray this Advent season that you may feel joy from God as a sign that God has not abandoned you either. Let us pray. O God, thank you that you are a God who journeys with us in the sorrow and in the joy and in everything in between. May we leave more space in our lives to experience your deep and abiding joy. Thank you for delivering us as you did the psalmist. This Advent, may we leave space for your Holy Spirit to be in our lives, reminding us that you, O God, are with us. In the name of your Son, Jesus, who we are so pumped and excited to have enter this world. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can visit us at universityumc.church where you can find services, events, and other ways you can get involved. Remember that we love you. We hope you have a great week. We hope the peace of Christ is with you, and we hope to see you soon.